Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would do your work in us, that we would hear your word, that it would bear fruit in our lives all to your honor and glory. So we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Please be seated. And kids, uh, there is a special program for you if you'd like to work your way to the back uh, elementary age if you'd like to participate. Some of you love this. Some of you don't. This is one of those things that really draws some of you in, and others of you, it's something you tolerate but perhaps wish were different. But a tradition like ours, we use a lot of the exact same words in worship every week. Certain things change, of course, but other things remain exactly the same. And the reason for that is that some things are worth memorizing and internalizing so that they really become part of us. And one piece of our service that we repeat every week is what Jesus, or, uh, a teaching of Jesus, something Jesus said that's called the summary of the law is how we know it, something Jesus said in the Bible that was read today and was used in our service. You've actually already heard it twice. Jesus was asked, what is the most important law in the whole Bible, the whole Old Testament. And he responds in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, quoting Deuteronomy 6. And he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then for free, he adds a second one and he says, and a second is like it, quoting Leviticus 19, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Quoting two parts of the Old Testament, Jesus says that the most important commandments that God gave his people are to love God and to love your neighbor. Now, there are numerous ways that we could go with that in how to put that into practice, how to do that. There are many ways that we should love God and love our neighbors. But today, I want to focus in just on one. One way, especially, that we are called to love God. Now, it's interesting to note that in both of these Old Testament passages that Jesus Jesus quotes, Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19, in both of them, the one about loving God and about loving our neighbors, in both of those contexts, the immediate context, God then talks to his people about how we use our money. Loving God and our neighbors specifically includes, it's not completely this, but it includes how we use our money. Now, if we're honest, this is an area of loving God that is often tough for us. I'm not holding this up as the most important area in loving God. It's emphatically not. But it's an area that many of us say no to God. And anytime we say no to God, then that area becomes the battleground for our hearts. Sort of, it it wasn't the most important thing. It's just sort of part of the basics of Christian living. It wasn't the most important thing, but as soon as we say no to God, it becomes incredibly important for us. Financial giving is one way that we, uh, as Christians, have a tendency to want to say no to God. So this area becomes a battleground for our heart and becomes a key area 
that we need to think about in how we love God. So I'm going to give you three things that we see in Scripture about biblical giving. Three things, and each one is in the format of it's not this, but it's that. And so if you are the kind of person that just loves filling in blanks on a piece of paper, I have provided some for you. It's page nine in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along and pull out a pen and fill in the blanks. So three things. The first is this. Biblical giving is not a membership fee, but an act of faith. Biblical giving is not a membership fee, but it's an act of faith. See, a membership fee is when you have money, it's your money, and you decide whether or not you want to join the club or the gym or the group, and you pay your fee and you get your benefits. You decide if you can afford it, if you want the benefits or not, and then you pay the fee in order to get it. But biblical giving is not a membership fee. In fact, the Bible actually says the money belongs to God. And it's an act of faith for us to have it and then give it back to him. Malachi chapter 3, which actually was read last week, we were reminded that God calls his people specifically to tithe. Tithing means giving 10% of our income back to God and his church. And he specifically says not tithing. He calls robbing God. Side note, don't rob God. But then he goes on to say that this is an act of faith on our part of giving back to God. And he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and thereby put me to the test. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. See, he does not say to his people, wait until I pour down my blessing on you and then when you have more than you could possibly need, then... Time. Then give back. No, he says, give like I told you to and trust me and watch that I will provide. It's an act of faith for us. It's a deep act of trust in God to give sacrificially to him. It's an act of faith to give away what we have and even what we need. It's not much of an act of faith to give away what you don't feel like you need. Mother Teresa put it very directly, if you give what you do not need, it isn't giving. It requires faith to give away what we feel we need, trusting that God will provide. But see, biblical giving is not a membership fee that we decide if we want to pay or not. But biblical giving is an act of faith, placing ourselves in the hands of God. It's not a membership fee. It's an act of faith that we're invited into. Second, biblical giving is not a ticket price, but it's an act of worship. Biblical giving is not a ticket price, but it's an act of worship. It's not a ticket where you sort of pay for the service. I know that many people give a, a few dollars every time they, or sometimes once in a while when they come to church, but they sort of think of it, when I'm here, I'll, I'll, I'll put something in, and I, it's my ticket price. I'm, I'm, I came to church, I suppose I should pay what I think the concert was worth. And then, of course, if I don't go, then I don't need to pay for a ticket. 
But the Bible makes clear that giving to the Lord, and specifically tithing is what he calls Christians to, is an act of worship and obedience. It's not a payment for the service. It's an act, the, this act of sacrificially giving to the Lord is a critical form of our worship, which is why we include that as part of our services. We show him in giving, we show him that he is Lord, he is our sovereign, and we humble ourselves before him in worship. Those who know the Bible think, for example, of Matthew chapter 2. When the wise men come to Jesus, we read about this at Epiphany in January each year. The wise men come to worship Jesus, and when they finally find the boy, Jesus, they they fall down and worship him and immediately give him expensive gifts that they've brought. Giving to God expensively and even lavishly, not tight-fistedly and miserly, giving to God in that way is an act of worship. It's an act of reverence for him. And because giving is part of worship, it's one piece of what we do in worship, and it's not a ticket price, then all Christians need to be giving back to the Lord in his ministry in the world, regardless of whether or not we're physically able to attend church on a given week. I'm going to be honest with you. There are people all around our country right now, but also a part of Holy Cross who, in the midst of the pandemic, have just completely stopped giving to the Lord. Now, many people have continued to contribute faithfully, uh, uh, in faithfulness to Jesus, continued to give back to him, um, and many people have even given more in the midst of that. Um, And I know that God sees that and is pleased. But we know that there are people who don't come, who aren't giving, maybe are or not, participating online and therefore have just sort of stopped paying for the ticket because that's the way we think of it. But giving for Christians is an act of faith and worship, not paying for a fun church service. And it's a commitment that we make to Jesus, declaring to him and declaring to ourselves that he comes first and we give to him sacrificially. See, biblical giving is not a ticket price but it's an act of worship. And third, biblical giving is not a way to get one's preferences, but it's an act of obedience. It's not a way to get our way, but it's an act of obedience to God. It is not, I paid my money, so do things the way I like them. So I remember in a previous church, there were two specific couples that, just to put it bluntly, were regularly difficult toward me. I get it. They didn't really like me. I understand. They didn't really like the way we did certain things. I'm a big boy. We can talk about those things. But instead of dealing with their frustration, both of these couples at the same time decided to display their displeasure by simultaneously cutting their giving in half. Quite simply, they didn't get their way, so they cut their giving to Jesus and his church. But see, biblical giving is not a way to get our preferences met. Giving is an act of obedience to Jesus. 
And God, specifically in his word, tells us to give, to give regularly, to give sacrificially, and he even puts a nice minimum expected percentage on it of 10% for Christians to God and his mission in the world. And doing that is an act of obedience for us. Regardless of whether we get what we want out of it or not, that's not what it's about. But doing this is an act of obedience to God. As a missionary who visited here earlier in the year said, obedience is Jesus' love language. This is one way that we show our love for God and our devotion to him and in a way that he wants to receive it. This is part of how we love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. We don't give. We don't do this so that we can get our way, but we give out of obedience to God as an act of love for him. So biblical giving is not a membership fee, but it's an act of faith. It's not a ticket price, but it's an act of worship. And it's not a way to get our preferences, but it's an act of obedience to God. And so very simply, I want to offer each one of us three simple steps that we can take as we try to live out this way that God calls us to follow him. And so the first is very simply to just honestly evaluate. Honestly evaluate. You can do the math. Figure out what you make and what you give. Tithing, for example, tithing specifically means 10%. So you don't tithe 2%. That's not tithing. When the Bible talks about tithing, it's 10%. That's by definition what it means. So just see where you are in relation to that amount. I do think it's important for the congregation to know that my family always gives a minimum of 10% of our pre-tax income every month. I'm not encouraging you to do something that we're not already doing. But just honestly evaluate what you make and what you give. And second, from there is just pray. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Pray for faith. Pray for courage. Pray for God's provision for you. Pray for God's mission in the world that you're invited to be a part of. Pray that God would move your heart so that we want to worship him. Pray. And third, take a step. Just take a step forward. I completely understand that many people have not built their spending habits around tithing. But what step toward faithfulness, toward obedience, toward worship, toward love for God in this way can you take? If you do tithe already, can you give more? Not because there's a need, but is there a way for you to pour more into God's work in the world? If you don't, what step are you going to take forward towards the Lord in this way? So in a few weeks here, we're going to have the opportunity to actually make a financial pledge for the new year, because we believe that making a personal commitment to give is really important. Um, there's some practical reasons there as well, but also for our discipleship to be able to commit to the Lord to worship him in this way. So when you hear more about that in the next couple weeks, take it seriously and identify what step you will take in faith and in worship and in obedience. But as we give, as we give back to the Lord, we remember above all 
the one who gave all for us. Jesus, who, as Scripture says, though he was rich, became poor for us. Though he was God himself, he emptied himself and gave himself up for us to live and die and rise again out of love for us. Jesus says that the most important commandment is to love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So, let us love him in this way of how we give of our finances. Not as a membership fee, but as an act of faith. Not as a ticket price, but as an act of true worship. And not to get our way, but in faithful obedience to our Lord who gave all for us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Amen.